every time people always like, I don't have enough can't... money to start a business. I don't have enough this. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm like, just start. You literally cannot have less. That's our story, too. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thanks for tuning in today yeah welcome to the married in business podcast we've got today chris and ty woods from art opportunity knox and the love and entrepreneurship podcast they're business coaches entrepreneurs husband and wife they fit right in with everything we love to talk about here on the married in business podcast hey chris and ty welcome to the show hey welcome hey, hey. thanks for having us we appreciate the invite awesome. yeah well want to talk about you guys are kind of similar to us you've got a few businesses and um, things. Tell us about what you guys do, especially your your big venture, Art Opportunity Knox, doing a lot of cool things for kids in the art world and exposing them to a lot of cool things. Yeah, I'll start and then I'll let Ty jump in. Uh, she's more of the talker than I am. <laughs> uh, so Opportunity Knox really started probably about uh, 16 years ago. We started in the second bedroom of our apartment at the time in Smyrna, Georgia. And what started at with three students quickly turned into 40 students in three months. And that's kind of how we realized there was a need for us to kind of reach the community. Our backgrounds is arts and entertainment, Thai sings, dance, acts. I well, uh, I used to. <laughs> you can still <laughs> sing. <yeah. laughs> My background is music, uh, entertainment, acting, things like that. And so we wanted to really just share our passion for the arts um, to the community. To the, um, we had, like I said, 40 teenagers and we opened our door and we fed them. And you know what happened when you feed kids, right? They keep coming back. Then they multiply. You mean the surveys would trips to Costco at that point, yeah. <laughs> and so to date, we have how many students we have impacted, Ty? To date, is a little over 100,000 students. Uh-huh. And we still feed them. And we still feed them. <laughs> and, we, and we still feed them just a little bit on a much major scale. <laughs> uh, but we serve about, we serve about uh, 2,000 students uh, during the school year. And during the summertime, we serve about 1,500 students. So we're a total of about four or 5,000 students a year. What's your, what's your main outreach programs or what, what kind of programs do you offer the kids to get them engaged and, and, and serve them? So we focus primarily on providing after school and summer programs for students who are generally not as accessible or the programs are not as accessible to them as it is to maybe students who have the means to pay for these type of programs. And so we, we call that pro- program um, Arts Access. So it's an access program that provides um, various forms of arts from dance to acting to singing to television production, music we, production, music production. <laughs> Um, filmmaking and screenwriting. We say if it's in the arts, we do it. I mean, we even incorporated culinary arts. Culinary and, arts. And one, one, one instructor wanted to do martial arts because that was their background. So <laughs> we say if it's in the arts, we do, we do tackle it. Yeah. And we included STEM in that, in that focus as well. So we have a STEAM focus where you put the A in STEM and make it STEAM. 
Um, that's science, okay. technology, engineering, and math, arts and math. <laughs> nice. How many instructors do you guys have? Well, in the summertime, we have a much bigger focus <laughs> because we, you know, you have millions of students that's out of school. Yeah. So we tend to have about 60 to 80 instructors at any given moment during the summertime. But in the after school sector, since we have a hyper focus on particular schools and partnerships with particular schools and school districts, then we may have only maybe 20 to 30 instructors, depending on the number of students we have enrolled in the after school program. So it's a, the focus is different. Our summer program is based on like how many kids can we get in the program at a time versus after school being focused on education deliverables. Yeah. And the school may have some education deliverables that they want us to partner with them on. And then we use the arts it's called arts integration. We use the arts to help push those education goals. Very cool. So what are the age ranges? I guess you got as a teenagers or you, you doing kids of all ages? Yeah. Students of all ages from um, age five all the way to 19. Yeah, it's a K through twelve program yeah. currently. Yeah, but we get so many requests for what's next after <laughs> they graduate, and so we've been exploring uh, really kind of this in between time frame for students who college might not necessarily be for them. So how can we train them and educate them so they can be uh, go into the workforce um, and not have so much student debt or zero student debt to prepare for their family. Yeah, so that's a new program that we're initiating under a workforce development, especially in Georgia, where we are now following behind um, uh, Hollywood is number two in the most entertainment film production that is uh, being produced in Hollywood today. Yep. So when they used to say, oh, this is Hollywood, but actually this is Atlanta and we actually produce <laughs> just as much entertainment as Hollywood now. So we wanted to, and one of the major hiccups that Georgia had in the beginning, and I think there is things are starting to turn around, but one of the major flaws was that we didn't have a pipeline of entertainment workers. And so what happened is people were bringing in their crew from LA, from New York. And so, of course, if you don't live here and you're getting paid here from here, then you're taking your money outside of the state, and including including getting the tax breaks. So we want right, to help, including tax breaks. We want to help stimulate the economy and build up the next generation, especially those who have that passion in arts and entertainment, right. to really help generate revenue for the state of Georgia and keep the money in Georgia. Right. And the only way to do that is by creating that pipeline of work, the workforce, and it starts from when they're teenagers, <laughs> right? Not from when they're in college. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we appreciate a lot. We appreciate a lot up here because, um, you know, with us being in trucking, you know, you, it's not always college is not always the best opportunity or you know, for people. There's, there's other there's other things out there. So that's awesome teaching teaching people. You know, you, there's different ways to do it. It's not just a traditional go to college and rack up that twenty thousand dollars a year in debt to, to do it. Um, yeah, I believe education is for everyone. But education looks different for everyone, right? Yes. So that might not necessarily be college. It might be a training. It might be a, a trade certification school. program. It, right? it might be sure. like you, you know, get your get your trucking license and, and learn how to drive trucks. Like right. there's, there's still an revenue. education component Correct. to that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to high school students, and I've I asked a group of seniors, I'm like, how many of y'all know what you want to do after college? It's like 
Five of them raised their hand. I said, well, don't go to college to try to figure it out. You know, if you think you want to do something, get an internship, you know, figure out what you want to do and see if you need a college degree to get there because you may not. Because you may not. Unless you're a doctor, then I need you to go to college. But yes. <laughs> don't operate on me. Don't operate on me with a certificate. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there are um, our, our business with Opportunity Knots is just one aspect of what we do together. We focus on development as a whole. So, we don't just develop businesses but we also help we also develop people so our focus have always been uh development business but really focus on the people yeah so we we're in the people business yeah we believe that's our life mission to empower and raise up people in leadership yeah well one question that just popped in my head you know so you you're doing a lot of things for kids what do you guys do where where does the how are you able to provide for these kids what type of fundraisings do you do you guys do um Things like that to help help uh, provide the programs for all the kids. I'll tap on that since I do the majority of the fundraising. I am the you know I'm over development and development in the nonprofit world is all about where you go to find money for these programs. And so of course grant everybody knows about grants and grant writing. I had to actually go back to school. So I'm a, I have a master's degree, but master my master's program did not teach me how to write <laughs> grants. So I actually went to a certification certificate program to learn how to master how to write grants. And I did that. And since then, we've been rolling with grants. <laughs> we have about 70% of our income is grants. Uh, the other percentage is corporate donations and uh, sponsorships and fees mm-hmm. because we Fee do have services. some programs yeah. that are fee-based because we have programs where parents can actually afford to pay. And when you can't afford to pay, we ask that you do pay. <laughs> For those who can't afford to pay, those are the ones, it's kind of like, I hate to say the Robin Hood strategy, but it's more so, it's not stealing from the rich, but the rich can pay. So what we do is we host programs in areas where we know people can pay so that we can and of course we charge a fee where we can create a profit but because it's a non-profit the profit that's used from from the fees that we 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 um, charge right we use the profits to pay for the non-profit um, side of our mm-hmm. that's really great very cool and everybody pays something right every actually everybody pays something we we have that model because we want everybody to have a stake in this. So even those who are attending our free programs, our free, we call free tuition programs, they still pay like a $65 registration fee, which is not a whole lot of money for a whole school year, but but at least they have some type of ownership. Yeah, exactly. Have some skin in the game. Yeah, you got skin in the game. Yeah, we always notice that when when you gotta maybe if they gotta raise their own, I think some of the kids have to raise their own funds to do the program or something like that. They get a little bit more out of it, right? Because you're, hey, I, I made this happen. I, I I went out, I raised the money, I made this happen, and I, I I learned something from it. So there's always that sense of ownership and everything too that that comes with you know process like that. 
that's what I love about Girl Scouts and the Girls and Boy Scouts. They have that aspect of, in their leadership program. I really like that aspect of about student fundraising. Student fundraising. Yeah. I mean, you think about even like our our son, you know, he has $10 or something to spend. It's like, well, what are you going to spend it on? He's like, well, you know, can you just buy it? I'm like, well, if you really want it, you can use part of that money that you have to buy it, you know? And then they're like, well, maybe... You know, and then if something happens to it, he's like, I spent my own money on that. I'm like, yeah, I know. See how you feel when it's your money? Like, I think it's important for people to, to feel like they've contributed towards whatever they're working towards. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, one of the things you guys talk about is, you know, you have your Love and Entrepreneurship podcast. You guys have been in business together for, uh, it sounds like, at least 16 years. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey as husband and wife, entrepreneurs and some of the ups and downs of that? Ooh, well, <laughs> by the way, when we started, that two-bedroom that two bedroom that we started in was an apartment that we had an eviction notice on. So just to give you a, a little background about where we started, we didn't start our business with a trust fund. Someone died and left us a million dollars, and then we can, like, jumpstart our business. Or, you know, we didn't have that. We started where we were. Yeah. We started where we were and we, we preached that like every time people always like, I don't have enough mm-hmm. money to start a business. I don't have enough this I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm like Just start. Literally cannot have less. That's our story too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, our journey really kinda goes back a little further than that because my wife and I uh met online before it was popular. Way uh, before <laughs> there was no Facebook. There was it no was chat rooms. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't like, see what a person looked like, right? It was dial up. You know, we tell it our age, even though we don't look like it, right? <laughs> uh, but in that process, I, I knew, I always tell people the the one of the most important decisions you'll make is the spouse that you choose, right? Yeah. Because that person can either uh, elevate you or pull you down. Right. And mm-hmm. so having Ty and having she already knew I had an entrepreneur spirit and I'm working at that time. I'm working as a janitor. He was a janitor. Was <laughs> and a I'm saying, I'm saying we're going to do all these things. And she's like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Right. I believe yeah. them for some reason. <laughs> you have to believe in your husband. You have to support them. I I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I was the entrepreneurial drive, too. I'm I'm the one that wanted to start the business. And I'm like, okay, you're going to need some help. So I'm going to go with all of that. We're going to do this together. And ironically, now I have to pull her back. She starts a business every week. <laughs> but we started. Yeah, I'm starting a business too. It's, 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 it's addicting. <laughs> it is addicting, right? <laughs> so we do call ourselves serial entrepreneurs. But yeah. we started when we first got married. We had a screen printing uh, publishing business that we started because we lived on the island and we wanted to create revenues to produce um, reading and content to educate people. And so we started that. That was kind of like our first business together. In our first year of marriage. In our I first year. <laughs> I do not recommend that, by the way. Um, Why didn't you even know each other yet? You already jumped into business. So, yeah. We are still together. That's awesome. Yeah, we had a lot. I, I mean, I worked a full time job. And that's one thing, too, in our transition. It took a while before we could really quit our nine to five. And I, I always encourage people 
uh, to make, make sure you have an exit plan out of your job. And when you're working your job, mm-hmm. use it as paid training, right? Mm-hmm. So there's things that you can learn on your job while you're working your business. And we live by that model and we, right. we, we kind of, we lived it. So now we can talk about it, right? right? <laughs> Yeah, I always tell people, if you don't have the funds to just quit your job right now, then look for jobs where you can develop the skill set that you need to actually work your business. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that is a great tip. Right. But we had to learn that in order to teach it. Oh, I hate my job. No, 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 no. No, no. don't don't hate your job. They're paying you to learn the things you need to do your business. Don't hate your job. (laughs) Actually take a different approach to it. We always talk about the mindset on our show. And one of the things about having a growth mindset is knowing that there is always a lesson that you can learn from any situation. So we don't look at things in a negative light because we don't really see things as there's been times when, oh my gosh, I wanted to quit I wanted to quit so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week, right? If you're an entrepreneur, there's a time you want to quit, right? <laughs> it's not as frequent anymore, but there's some days you're just like, why did I do this? And what am I doing? Yeah. Well, what did I get myself into? You know, but yeah, that happens. It used to be very frequent, but <laughs> now it's, I think we're kind of coasting. But in the beginning, it was very, very tough when we had to work a job. I remember he took a second job yeah. overnight. He was doing security because we just wasn't quite making the cut on the bills. Yeah. <laughs> it's a second job too. Yeah. So see, a lot of people don't see that aspect. They see where we are today and they say, oh, wow, wow. Right. you guys are so <laughs> successful. And then I'm like, well, there's a sacrifice in place. There was a sacrifice <laughs> that, that took place some, yeah. some years back. Yeah. We paid the cost to get to where we are pay the cost to be the boss (laughs) we didn't we didn't really have any help either when we got started we um decided we wanted to start a trucking company and we basically had good credit we took out some loans and we put a down payment down for three trucks and we hired six drivers and we've grown to 28 trucks and over 30 people on staff so um, sometimes you just gotta take that leap and I can't believe we did it. I don't know what we were thinking at sometimes, but it, it, it's been hard. But yeah, like you said, there's really never a good time to start something. You just got to jump in. Yeah. You know, you're right. When you're talking about some of the, you know, we're successful now, but all you don't see the hard work. There's a, there's a song that I like. And the guy goes, he goes, nobody came to all my shows for the first thousand shows. Nobody showed up. And then he says, I became an overnight sensation in just over 10 years. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's kind of what people see you when you're successful. They don't see all the rest that goes into it. I yeah. love that. I tell people that I say it takes ten years to be an overnight success. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's something that we live by. It's it's a model a mantra that we live by. Um, to work, we we try to show people live like what kind of work we're doing. Now we still work today. <laughs> uh, it just looks different. It looks different. Work, it just right? looks different. But um, there was a lot of work that went into this uh, leading up to it. And then we, we have our opportunity knocks, but we also have a G1 Investments, which is our rental uh, our property. Real estate. Uh-huh. Yes, property rental. Um, so we own the properties, and then we also rent them out 
Um, and it's another mission focused. That's a for profit company, but it's still mission focused because 50% of the people that we rent to are, um, tenant, tenants that are paid by subsidies, housing subsidies. And, and that's because we want to provide affordable housing because we know what it's like to not have affordable housing. So it's like, you know, we still have every, it's almost like every mission, every business that we start ends up becoming a mission field for us. Yeah. It's your passion that you put into a job and a business for you guys. I think that's awesome. To be passionate about what you're doing, I think is definitely the key to keep going when things are hard and not quit when you see what you're doing and who you're impacting, I think goes a long way too. Yeah. So you also, you also mentioned you need business coaching and, and I guess, uh, what, what kind of, what what kind of things are you coaching or what are you, what are you focus on there? So I have a focus on development because a lot of people don't know how to develop the funding for their business. So I focus specifically on how do you get the money from uh, contract building to government grants to government contracts to um, just regular grants, foundations and sponsorships. There's so many different avenues where you could get funds for your business. And I think I've mastered it now. <laughs> um, putting that master's degree. I put it, well, I didn't learn that in my master's <laughs> degree program either. And you want to know where I learned all of that? Hard Trial knocks. and error. The school of hard knocks. <laughs> and the school, that school taught me very well. Actually, that was the best teacher. The pressure from the, the things of life that, that happened to, to us caused me to think innovatively, like if that's a word. <laughs> But I had to think outside the box about how to get money for the business because I knew I, I knew there was a way. So uh, as a result, then you get creative with how you kind of put a what we call a funding package together. And most people only look at one way to fund their business. They're like, okay, well I'll just get loans or I just get uh, credit cards. When there are, I think we had at one point like seven or eight streams of revenue coming into one business. Oh, wow. Very cool. One business. Yeah. And, and I focus on that. I actually have a webinar on that. I will be doing this every first Thursday at 7 p.m. I will be talking about funding strategies on my show okay. on imtiwas.com. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I... I'm the operations person in everything we do, so I'm very system-oriented. Mm-hmm. I'm an engineer by trait, so yes. I see everything okay. as an engineering <laughs> project, uh, <laughs> including people. So now I just say I engineer people. And yeah. so um, through Love and Entrepreneurship, we are uh, um, later in the year, we are going to launch our Love and Entrepreneurship Business Accelerator. So those people who have started their business and may need a a little boost, need some fine tuning, some coaching, um, that will be available for them. They will get a curriculum to follow, Mm -hmm. a guide, and they will get us for six weeks to help them along the way. Yep, And so focus on couples or um, people who work in relationships right. together. So it's a two, it's a team. So they have to have two people that sign up with them. So because okay. we know that it's really hard to do a business by yourself. Yes. Even if you're doing it by yourself, <laughs> even if you're doing it by yourself and you have a family, your family is still in that business. Yes. Yes, they are. Financially, emotionally. Exactly. Physically. 
Why are you still up at nine at nine ten ten o'clock at night? You know, where's my family time? Right? They're still affected well, by that. We we actually t- talking about family time. I remember when my son was so we adopted <laughs> uh, our son, our oldest son. He's twenty one now, but he was like fourteen then, and we adopted our first two sons. So um, our nine year old and our twenty one year old were at that time. I think. Three and fifteen, <laughs> and what what we did was we made it a family night. And remember at the uh, exchange where we were we were trying to get this contract in at the last <laughs> minute, and we had to put these binders together. And the binders have to be dropped off to city hall by like eight a.m. in the morning. And I had to put three binders together. So guess who was making copies? So, Guess who would put st- make it doing staples? So I created an assembly line with the with whole my family. family was doing it. <laughs> one person was making, one person was putting it in the binder, and one person was double checking to make sure that everything was in the binder. And I thought about that, and I was just like, "Well, you know what? This has been a family affair." Um, and now we have a new baby, <laughs> our actual biological baby, our miracle baby. Uh, she's one, and now she. <laughs> we took her to New Orleans two weeks ago for a conference. For a, for a conference, and guess what she was doing? Passing out flyers. Passing out flyers. Because <laughs> <laughs> who can who can avoid that cute little face? And nobody turned her down. She's like the best flyer giver ever. <laughs> so yes, it's, it's a family affair. Yeah, we had our son. He would do stuff. He would. He was like maybe two or three, and he'd be putting paper in the printer, you know, help take this to empty the trash cans, you know, and need you to do these different things. And I think that's great. You can then- There's no small jobs. <laughs> There's no small jobs. That's very cool. And yeah, teaching the kids, teaching the kids one, you know, very young, hey, this is what it takes. This is, you know, you might be the business owner, but there's still a lot of things behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see that still have to get done. So they see, they see that in work. I know our son sees that. He sees the late nights or the early mornings and, you know, kind of what, what goes with that. How old is your son? Our son's nine. He's nine so. Oh, we have a nine. No, our son's nine. Ah. <laughs> but our 21-year-old, he keeps telling us he wants to be the CEO. <laughs> and he doesn't understand why he has to do the small jobs. <laughs> um, he was the inventory. This summer, he was the inventory specialist while he was off. Uh, he's in between college. and. Um, and we made him the inventory specialist. And he was so mad because he didn't get a director level position. <laughs> yeah, like, you haven't made it there yet. Yeah. We made it yet. He thinks you, know, you, you, you can give yourself any title you want. You can say, I'm director of inventory. <laughs> <laughs> director. Right there, but that's what you're working on right now. <laughs> I do that. I mean, like, you can have that title. I just need you to do the task. <laughs> It's something important that we're teaching him because we want him. We number one, we we have done every role in our businesses. Yeah. We have done every single role. So if we're not above <laughs> sweeping floors, come on. And if we're not above watching a snot nosed kid, <laughs> like we we gotta clean clean. You know, every now and then we even make ourselves go back and do something in that role, in those roles with people, with the people that we, that serve with, with us. us. Yeah. Because we have to, we cannot forget where we came from 
And we have to stay connected to the purpose, like the mission yeah. of this. And so, yeah, sometimes I go to a school and I'll just sit with the kids and have snack with them and then work with an instructor to put a project together. I'll do that now. Yeah, we um we kind of do the same thing because you have to know how to do every role if somebody comes out, calls out or something, you know, you have to mm-hmm. be able to do it. You know, somebody takes vacation. So, you know, we're yeah. figuring out their role when they're gone and taking those calls that somebody else would have taken. But as business owners, you have to be able to do that. I think that's awesome that you guys... Chris, Ty, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's so awesome to hear all that you guys have going on and what you're doing to impact the community and the next generation of artists and the broad scope of what an artist is. So how can people find you? How can people donate? How can they get involved? Yes, definitely. Um, So if you want to donate, great cause. I'm biased, of course, but we have reached so many students. Um, So you go to the website, artportunitynots.com. Org, A-R-T-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-T-Y-K-N-O-C-K-S dot org. Um, and hit the donate button and make a contribution. We really appreciate it. Uh, it goes to so many students. Um, and then you can follow me on social media. Um, all my social media is Alpha Knox. Um, I am also a music producer, audio engineer, and we don't have as much time anymore to do it, but I still love it, right? Um, and so we are also hosting our Love and Entrepreneurship Accelerator that's coming up. You can go to loveandentrepreneurship.com to find out more about that. And then Ty is hosting grant funding workshops every first, what is it? Every first Thursday. Every first We have Thursday. one coming up August 3rd at 7 p.m. If you go to IamTyWoods.com, I-M-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S.com, everything will be on the website, on the homepage for you to be able to register for the next grant writing workshop yep and if you want to stay connected with me you have linkedin it's chris a woods just look me up i'll connect with you yeah connect with me on instagram at i am (laughs) underscore ty woods wow it was so awesome talking with y'all today you got so much going on so many great things impacts for the community and build a great little business empire over there that you guys are working on we really appreciate you being on the show today and uh, everybody, hey, if you like what you heard today and you've been listening along, you haven't liked and subscribed yet, hit that like and subscribe button and come back soon for, and you'll get alerts for when we have our next podcast coming up. And again, thank you everyone for listening. And again, thanks Chris and Ty for being on the show today. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much.